Good afternoon. Welcome to the Long Live Third Parties Podcast. Free Press Media Press, Inc., a third party's books publisher, sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Today I read the case Constitution Party of South Dakota versus Nelson, 639F3D417, Court of Appeals, 8th Circuit, 2011. Friends, we're going to look at a small state and how it relates to ballot access. The state of South Dakota. That's the state I grew up in. The first 12 years of my life, I lived in South Dakota. I have fond memories of South Dakota. Brookings in South Dakota. Any of you third-party fans out there from South Dakota, let me know. It's a cold state, yet I liked being there when I was a child. It's good to know that third parties are not fearing the cold of South Dakota and forging ahead like the Constitution Party here. So what happened in this case? Let's read from the record. It says, quote, The Constitution Party of South Dakota, Joy Howe, Martin Meyer, and Merrick Pickens brought an action against Chris Nelson in his official capacity as Secretary of State of South Dakota claiming violations of the First and Fourteenth Amendments. The plaintiff's claims relate to the Constitution Party's efforts to place a candidate for governor on the 2010 ballot in South Dakota and challenge the constitutionality of two statutory provisions related to that process. The first provision, SD Codified Law 12-5-1.41, requires candidates of new political parties in South Dakota wish to be listed on the gubernatorial ballot to file a petition containing 250 signatures of individuals registered to vote as members of the new party. See also SD Codified Laws 12-5-1. The other provision, SD Codified Laws 12-1-39, permits only in-state residents to circulate such petitions. The plaintiffs asserted that both provisions infringed upon a number of their constitutionally protected liberties, including their rights to vote, to equal protection of laws, to free speech, and to free association. End quote. Once again, we see our friends at the Constitution Party invoking the First and Fourteenth Amendment. Case after case after case for these ballot access cases, I see people invoking the First and Fourteenth Amendment. So that rocks. We have in our mission statement for Free Press Media Press Inc. to advance the First Amendment. We also love the 14th Amendment. We like most of the amendments in the Constitution. What do you think about 250 signatures? Do you think that's a lot? South Dakota is a very small state. When I lived there, it was about 600,000. I think these days it's about 800,000. Still very small. For the wide mass that it is, Less than a million people is not much. So do you think that's a fair amount of signatures, 250? What about the in-state residency requirement? When I gathered signatures for my nonpartisan office, I went to college in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. So I was considered a resident. So I don't have experience doing ballot access in other states that I'm not a resident of. 
Maybe you do. I'd love to hear about it. This case hinges on one thing mostly. The issue of jurisdiction. These individuals were not residents of South Dakota. So therefore, the district court said they didn't have jurisdiction to challenge this. Unfortunately, not even one of the people who applied for this apparently was a resident of South Dakota. If that was the case, then at least one of them would have jurisdiction. So what do you think? Has this ever happened to you? Does this happen a lot? So what do they ultimately conclude? They say, quote, For the foregoing reasons, we vacate the district court's judgment in part and remand with instructions to dismiss the count two claim without prejudice for lack of jurisdiction, end quote. This is not a victory for sure. The without prejudice part is a little something because what I know about laws from reading cases is it's better to have a claim rejected without prejudice than with prejudice. I do hope the Constitution Party in South Dakota can get ballot access, and hopefully they have gotten a lot of ballot access since 2010. This case was in 2011, but it talked about stuff that happened for the ballot in 2010. So what do you think about all this, friends? Do you like their reasoning? I imagine you don't. What do you think? Do you think we should have laws like this? Do you think... It's okay to have other people from outside come in and file ballots for you? Or does it have to be in the same state? Let me know. Whatever the case may be, let us keep advancing third parties. Long live third parties. Goodbye.